Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. The core mission of the Utah Women in Leadership Project is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women, and this podcast helps us do this. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, Karen Haight Huntsman, Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University, and I'm also the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. Recently, UWLP and the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job at championing women. This may be through things like education or benefits or programs that support women in their unique challenges in the workplace. So earlier this year, I interviewed leaders of eight companies on their policies, programs, and initiatives that support families and advance women. And we are now continuing this series as we dig deeper into how companies exemplify this. So today we are spotlighting digital responsibility, and I'm pleased to welcome Carrie Rogers Whitehead, who's the founder and CEO, and Karina Gothu, the operations director. So first, Carrie, tell us a little bit about digital responsibility. And I'm very interested in the way that you're spelling responsibility with that dash in the middle. So you've got to tell me what that what that's about. Oh, yeah. So we're a mission-based company around digital citizenship education. So that's the ethical and responsible use of technology. And yes, I have that dash to emphasize the ability because I know technology can be scary or, you know, can bring up anxieties and we really want to empower uh, parents and students and educators. So like they have the ability to do it. So we're going to capitalize that A so we can, we can all do this. <laughs> that sounds great. So tell me a little bit about like the size of your organization. You're a fairly small organization, right? And one of the things we want to emphasize is to have a mix of our 100 companies championing women of large, large companies, but also small companies can do things to, to really help advance and, and support women, correct? Yeah. And, and Karina, you can update me the exact number of staff because we've had some stuff changes lately. Is it 14, 13, somewhere around Probably there? about 15 people. Okay. Yeah. 15 about 15 people. 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 Yeah, yeah. Some full-time and then part-time employees. So, so we, uh, we serve statewide and all of our services are funded through the legislature. So I'm going to, I'm Susan, I'm going to give a plug because we're free in the state <laughs> of Utah. So I hope that uh, this also can mean some people are like, oh, I'd like a parent class or a student class in my community, let us know. Oh, that sounds great. And you're a nonprofit, correct? No, we are a for-profit entity, but funded through government contracts. So we mainly government contracting. We have a few with Utah and other other governmental entities. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, Karina, can you tell us, you know, you submitted your application to be considered one of the 100 companies championing women in Utah, and you mentioned some of the family-friendly policies and practices that you've implemented at your company. So please share some of the more, the ones you've had for a number of years, some more established ones, and discuss why you offer them. Yeah, so definitely being small, it allows us to be a little bit more flexible with people. Most of our employees are parents and women. Um, So we're pretty flexible. Of course, we teach in schools, which is not not all that flexible, but everything else we do is. So part of what we do for Champion Women is just encourage them to pursue all their dreams at the same time, which I realize is kind of difficult. But um, most, like I said, most of our employees are parents and balance, you know, school and taking some time. And we encourage outreach and outreach usually can encompass 
participating in schools and things like that. One of the things I do for outreach is to volunteer my son's school. So all of that is kind of encouraging parents and women and everyone to kind of be participating while also working. <laughs> well, that's great background. That flexibility, and, and we've done research through the years, that that flexibility of schedules, but also workplace location, both types of flexibility are so important to women, men, some men too, right? But women, <laughs> exactly. And and you, uh, your organization offers, offers that flexibility, it sounds like. And when you submitted the application, you checked some other boxes. So Carrie, tell me a little bit more about some of the other you know, benefits or programs that that you offer to your employees? Yeah. So I, I know that this is a, something that a lot of women want. They want like a part-time professional uh, position. They, you know, they want to do something that they feel like they're giving back. So we do offer lots of staff training and mentoring to help get them to where they, they want to be uh, down the road. And one thing that Karina has and, and our wonderful admin Casey have implemented is also easier ways to keep in touch with the office on the go. Cause we're all on the go. Oh. We had a lot on our desktops and we were like, we got, everyone's running around and, and, and picking up and running around. We need it on a, we need an app or a better device to organize how we do all the scheduling and pickups and how we communicate. So she found a great app and that people could just go in any time of the day, see what's available, claim a shift and work it around whatever is, is good for them. <laughs> I like that. And, and your topic, um, the item that you brought up initially in your comments was professional part-time work. So women in Utah work part-time a lot. However, what we've noticed when we've done some analysis is a lot of those part-time jobs really aren't professional. And so, so many women have the education and the know-how to do that. And so that's great that you're able to offer that. So that's awesome. So Let's shift to the next question. Are there some policies and benefits that you have recently been exploring or starting? And what are you hoping happens because of these new offerings? Karina. Well, the newest thing has been the app that we have that has made our lives easier for communication and scheduling. And that's just been in the last couple of months. I don't know what else we're working on kind of implementing things that are just scaling the business in general, like having a CRM to, to, you know, manage all of our contacts and things like that. Karina has been working on some mentoring programs too. We, we have like staff that are, are, we're full-time teachers, but it it just was hard to balance with the, you know, motherhood and, and family. So we have the, the, these teachers that are kind of like maybe in a different, it's a time season of life that we can allow them some of that training and that mentoring piece so they can get to know people as well. Cause we're all spread out. We have a small office, but everyone else is virtual. And, and part of the, you know, part of when, if you are in that place where you're networking and maybe you're in a transition and you want to go back full-time, having sometimes those, that mentoring, that coaching, that getting to know other staff and getting out in the community, as Karina said earlier, can really help. But oh, that's yeah, awesome. I love to have a daycare myself, but I just had a small <laughs> little office that my kid would destroy. Now, Karina, Karina's kid goes with her to the office too. <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> Well, and, and, and I don't know if you've looked at the resources, but we, we have some actual documents because a lot of employers, that is kind of the dream, right? Mm-hmm. The, the full-time daycare, on-site, <laughs> everything. 
but that's not within reach for small companies or whatever. But there's, there's, a, you know, a, a continuum of different things. Just having conversations as managers with your employees and giving them ideas is a way to to do that as well. So you've talked about some of what you do for your company and what your employees do, but tell me more about that because you're talking about working in different locations and then going into schools and, and different things. That's It sounds like a really interesting job for some of your employees. So tell me just a little bit more about that, Carrie. Yeah, so we're trying to, well, this is one thing that we've noticed. We want, when you have a bunch of shifts and everyone's really busy and running around, you can feel a little detached and sometimes things happen and, and, and having that level of teamwork and relationships with your coworkers can help um, not only feel more connected, but helps with like, you know, someone gets sick, there's someone to pull in there. Uh, there's something happens, there's a support network there. So there's a more mentorship that we've added. Karina wow. has really been working on arranging some of that. I know when I was a newer employee and we do have some younger, younger staff that are just getting in there, having that piece helps a lot and trying to empower. So I, uh, Karina mentioned this a, a lot as well, along with that mentorship, we want to provide different opportunities to be in the community. So Karina, you were at the Utah after school conference last week, and we had some several staff present. Did you want to share a little more about that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, what Susan was also kind of asking was kind of what we do on a daily basis, right? So we teach in schools daily. We teach the K through 12. We have curriculum for K through 12, as well as parent nights that we offer all about digital citizenship, as Carrie mentioned already. <laughs> so it is very diverse and a lot, and it keeps people on their toes because, as Carrie mentioned, we we employ a lot of people who are professional but may maybe not be in the place right now where they want a full-time position. Um, and our staff honestly ranges from college students to to professors. So we have a wide range of like education and experience because everyone's in a different little a little different place in their lives. And the most fun part about our job is that we get to go into schools all over the state and meet different kids. And it's also the trickiest <laughs> for people to learn how to, to, to switch from teaching kindergartners about the internet to sixth graders and then the next class, you know, with a 10 minute break in between. Um, so that's we just... kind of a fun challenge, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tricky sometimes, but but today people like to be on the move a little bit more yeah. in some ways. So I think that yeah. sounds kind of exciting. Yeah, so it's really fun. And so and to talk about the, you know, the UAN conference, I was both, I was at that last week, and we had two different presentations from different staff members, um, because we do also work a lot with after school programs and summer camps and all those good things. So yeah, you know, we had two of our staff. Um, we basically give our staff all the opportunities they have to do whatever, like Carrie mentioned, that they would like to build their portfolio, right? Yeah. So we encourage them to do their outreach um, if they would like, and we encourage them to connect with people in the community that that resonates with them. Like, so if there's a, an organization or a nonprofit they would like to help, we encourage them to do that. We ask for volunteers to present at UAN. We didn't force anyone, you know, and then <laughs> um, a couple people decided to go in on it together. And so, you know, one's a, a work mother of three kids and one is you know semi-retired and same thing you know and then another one was another parent on the next day so there's a huge range of our staff which I think is great because it gives everybody different perspectives and we have our curriculum all built and written out but everyone teaches a little differently you know we go to schools over and over again 
And even one school just told me last month, like, oh, do you guys change your curriculum drastically every year? And I'm like, not really. We do minor, you know, updates and tweaks. And she's like, well, it's drastically different from last year. So that's enough for me. And so just by nature of different people teaching the same thing, they come from their own perspective. And I think that's what's valuable from having a diverse, you know, workforce and, and staff. What I loved about what you said is you're able to really give, and, and you said you employ mostly women, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you are able to kind of look at their backgrounds and give them some opportunities to choose to speak in different places, but also to learn. And right. I think that really connects to women. Um, the part-time connects to women too, you know, those <laughs> kinds of things. So the culture that that you're creating um, and, and hiring women in the first place, I, I think that culture and being women yourselves as you create <laughs> the company, you probably have a more what some people call feminine culture <laughs> than, than a lot of the established organizations. And that probably draws in women to that. I was going to ask you, and I don't know if you have this experience with your staff, but one of the programs we're working on, and, and we have an effort with the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity, is to help women return to the workforce who have really stayed at home or not, you know, maybe they've gotten a degree in the day and then then maybe done something else, to, but move them along. And some companies struggle with that. You know, they want people who are trained or whatever. Have you been able to help people kind of transition from, from one thing to another or come back? And, and, and tell me a little bit about that. Carrie? Yeah, we've had some retired um, people that kind of want a part-time oh. job to stay in it. So they've come back. And they're, they're great. Um, they bring a lot, especially the younger. It's great to have like a, a Gen Z and a, and a boomer in the same room talking to each other and having the conversation. How can we improve this? How do you teach this? What do you think about this? And so one thing that, you know, Karina has worked on and another staff is, is the technical side. So, right. If you're, if you haven't been there, you might not know. And there's a whole suite of apps. You've got all these extra apps and devices and things. So that is something that we, we, we work on and, and we, we, we do our best. Sometimes it's hard, but the retraining on the technical side of the communication apps and the meeting apps and all of that, we try to do virtual meetings when we can to fit in people's schedules, but there's a learning curve to that. Yeah. So Karina takes a lot of time and has recorded videos and other things to help staff with that type of onboarding. Cause I, I haven't found an issue with like the social, the, the teaching piece. They're amazing, but sometimes the technical side can be tough. That's <laughs> a great yeah. example. And uh, how awesome though, to be able to use professional teachers who have done that and then be able to grab them for a company part-time <laughs> and then put them to work and then teach them. I'm glad, I, you know, you have to have that element of teaching the technology, definitely. But I, I can see that you probably have this really rich workforce, right? And a mix of probably mentorship, not just the older, more established, but maybe there's people that are younger that can mentor in certain areas, <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely true. Like I said, we do hire um, some college students as well. We just want them to be comfortable speaking and teaching and having. And so we had a few college students who were working on their degrees to teach. And so they welcomed the opportunity to get some, you know, in classroom experience that, you know, wasn't their student teaching that doesn't pay anything, <laughs> you know, so. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, it was definitely good because we had them telling us 
well, this is, you know, I still, we, you know, we talk about digital citizenship. So we always talk about video games in every class. Every kid will always tell me the games they play. And, you know, we've had staff say, I still play Minecraft and I'm 20, <laughs> you know? So it's great to have that diversity, honestly, of age and background, because it helps bring in different perspectives and different ways of different frames of reference and things like that. Well, as people are listening, they're going going to be just curious on what kinds of things do you teach? You said about video games, but do you have like a table of contents that you can walk through? Because it's interesting to me I um, that, that, you know, what are you teaching? And by the way, I mean, just knowing a little bit about your company, how important this work is that you're doing. So who, which one of you would love to give me the table of contents? I think Karina Harry. pulled it up there. Did you pull it oh, up? No, I didn't pull it up. <laughs> oh, I no. thought you were pulling it up there. But um, so we we have different things for our elementary age and teens. For the younger kids, we teach like basic computational thinking, how do computers work, what are algorithms, and we grow into like how do we uh, communicate online, and moving into how do we evaluate information, media literacy. We also cover the safety piece and ethics. We we talk about laws and ethics online, and we really encourage them and both uh, younger and older to how to be a good citizen. How do we help the community? How do we use technology for good? And what are some digital goals we can set to be a better digital human? So we really set out to empower the young people. So eight different classes for teens, six of them from elementary. We teach teachers as well and parents. So it's a whole- And and what is your parents? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We developed, we call it the three M's of digital parenting because what I found talking to parents is the develop, not always understanding the developmental stage. So we broke it into three developmental stages, modeling at the younger age, managing technology as they get older, and then monitoring and kind of taking a step back as they become teens. So technology changes as they grow. And so our parenting style needs to change as they grow as well. So yeah, our teachers reach all ages and all abilities. Oh, wow. <laughs> this seems like such important work. And I, I, you know, sometimes people think that you can't do, you You assume, like I did, that you're a, maybe a nonprofit by the way that you introduce yourself, but you can do this socially good, needed work um, as a nonprofit or as a for-profit organization. And I, you know, one thing I was speaking about yesterday is 30 to 40% more women re- than men really want purpose really want this deep, like feeling like they're doing this good for community. And I bet your employees love the opportunity to feel connected to purpose. I'm sure they tell you that. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I believe in the power of business to do, to do that amazing good too. I, 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 we, we have a lot, we have, we've had public private partnerships. We like to work, you know, in those spaces and and help. And we partner with lots of different organizations. I probably should add that we're hiring too. So. Oh, there you go. You're good. Well, that's, that's awesome. And this, I. Listens and wants reach out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's that's great to let people know that are listening in there. So I would like to have each of you just take a minute. What final advice would you give to other business owners and leaders, especially in that smaller size organization based on your experiences um, with the offerings you do? Like what advice would you give that uh, companies can do to really engage uh, relaunch, uh, maintain employees. Yeah. Advice, Karina, would you like to start? Yeah, I would say 
as Carrie mentioned at the or one of the things, one of the questions was about mentoring and, and I'm pretty passionate about that. Um, I think it's very important to like actually coach and mentor employees and understand where they're coming from and what their, what their goals are, like Carrie mentioned. Of course, we employ a lot of part-time people for, and they have, they're in various stages of their lives and that's great. And we have a lot of fun with that, but overall the best experiences I've had with managers and companies I've, I've worked in a lot of different places it's just knowing that my manager cares about what my goals are for myself mm. of course our goal as a company is important but understanding what I'm trying to do you know what my what my goals are as well and kind of using my benefits or my talents or my strengths and to help enhance the company and what I'm doing as, as an employee and then also you know in my future goals so so caring, yeah, hmm. actually caring. And from time to time, asking questions about their life, yeah. right? And their yeah. situation yeah. And, and having some empathy there. I think that's becoming more and more important. Carrie, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to other organizations, particularly, you know, in your size? Yeah, I think that we, this is something that we teach um, when we talk about media literacy. We call, talk about our bubbles. That's what I tell the kids. We're in a bubble. And often in workplaces that we're in, we're in a bubble and we don't connect with the larger community and the stakeholders and everyone that's connected. So I, like you mentioned, Susan, um, having that purpose is big and we also getting out of that bubble. So that means we really encourage our staff to go to different things, to go to different places, to be, we have staff that are members of community councils or nonprofit groups that go do booths and, and outreach and meet with all of these different people. And I, think that when we get outside of our bubbles, it, it gives us more of that purpose. It creates more of that empathy. And we, and, and you're not in a bubble as a business. We don't want bubble businesses. We want businesses that interact. You know, we, we all affect our stakeholders and our communities, and we should be part of that. Thank you so much. And thanks to our guests, Carrie Rogers Whitehead and Karina Gothu from Digital Responsibility. And thank you as listeners for taking the time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And a special thanks to Denise Call, our producer. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org and visit inutah.org to learn more about other companies that champion women and the Inspire Utah campaign more broadly. Thank you.